Um, we're going to take a, a, just a break today from Ephesians. We'll finish Ephesians next week. Today I wanted to take advantage of talking about freedom and, and independence and what we have in, in life. See, most of us have, have never really thought of freedom as a whole. Most of us haven't spent a lot of time, at least this generation, these people in this room, most of us haven't spent a lot of time um, imprisoned or, or in an area where we've been enslaved to something, where we've, where we've longed for freedom. We do have individuals today, and, and, and we're thankful for um, the, the individuals that continue to sacrifice for freedom, for our country, for the, for the rights we have. This isn't an anti-America um, kind of talk today. However, I want to talk about a way in which I think um, our history as America has seeped into our understanding of God in maybe an unhealthy way. See, in, in, on July 4, 1776, the 13 colonies claimed their independence from, from New England, and we became the United States, and we became a country. And it was in that, in that independence that we saw freedom, where there was no longer a country that overheld or over, overruled us and, and could, could tax us and do what they wanted from a distance. Instead, we were freed to, by, by battle, we were freed to fight for our own kind of democracy, our own thinking, our own, our own rules, and our own systems. But the problem with that is that most of us then we celebrate with, through barbecues and through fun and through everything else that kind of happens on Tuesday. We celebrate this idea of freedom. And we think that because we are independent, that has made us free. But the reality is, is that when we look at scriptures, scriptures teach the very opposite of that. Scriptures don't teach that independence is freedom. In fact, scriptures teach that dependence is freedom. The scriptures teach us that we are no longer desiring to be independent without someone ruling us, but instead we are willingly enslaving ourselves to Christ, our Savior, who has set us free. Those are the very lyrics we just sang. And so um, what I wanted to do is just pause today, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time. We're going to do it through more music. We have kids in here as well, and so kids, I would encourage you to, to listen today, to ask questions to your parents as you go home if there's something I say that that doesn't make sense, I want you to, to have that conversation with your parents. Um, if the, the kids get a little restless in here, I just would encourage those of you without kids to lean over and tell if the parents are doing a great job and you love them and that they're awesome, okay? Um, Romans six seventeen through 18 says, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, now this you, I want to be really clear, this you includes you. Okay, this isn't a you like for the other people. You were once slaves Slaves of sin and have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, we've been what? We've become independent in our own ways. We've become free to do whatever we want without any rules or regulations because rules would obviously mean that there's not a loving God. No, he doesn't say that. He says we've been set free. We've been set free and have become slaves of righteousness. We've become slaves of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Our lives, for those of us that have submitted our lives to Jesus Christ, we have, we have become enslaved to him. So our, so our independence isn't, isn't what we're looking for, it's our freedom. And so as we sing today, as we spend time singing, and we're going to do some, some communion later, and we'll have some time, I would encourage you to, to spend time praying. I would encourage you to, to spend some time maybe thinking for you right now, where has independence seeped into your life? You know, some of you are graduating high school or college, and you're like, oh, I'm free to finally to be what I need to be, or I'm out of my parents' house, and so I have this, this independence, and with that, we assume this freedom. And yes, things change. Rules and parameters can shift depending upon your life stage and where you're at. But the reality is we should no 
more desire independence than we desire sin. Instead, we should desire at the, the bottom, at the root of who we are, dependence. A dependency on God, recognizing that only He is the one that can do through me the things that He's called me to do. That only He is the one that can do what He has done so that I can confess, acknowledge Him as Lord and Savior of my life. And He can make me right before God. See, our freedom has been misconstrued as to why, or has been taken maybe captive as to what we think of as a country. Again, it's, it's not bad. What we have as a country is an amazing, amazing thing. It's incredible to have the freedoms that we do have. And that does come from the independence that happened. I get that. I'm not anti that. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, my bet, my assumption is that every single one of us are clamoring, we're clawing, we're fighting for some form of independence from God. We're saying if he would just change his rules, if he would just reveal a new line of scripture that can make my lifestyle fit within this more comfortably, if he would just allow me to to step outside of what his commandments are here, then I would feel like he really does truly love me. Because a loving God wouldn't keep me from doing stuff that I want to do, right? I love to misquote scripture, like God will just give me the desires of my heart. Right before this is incline your heart to my ways. (laughs) Make your heart go in the ways of me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. It's not a promise of some kind of write it on a mirror, put it on your rearview mirror, and you'll get the car you want or the girl you want. So I want to challenge you today. I want to encourage you guys as we, as we sing, as we work through what today is, as you celebrate on Tuesday and, and you barbecue and you hang out with friends or whatever you decide to do, I want to I ask you this one question. Where are, where are you fighting God for independence? And he's calling you to be more dependent. What are the areas in your life where you are looking for independence? And let me, let me, just, let me just help you with this. Some, some of you, you don't, it just seeps in in such a simple way. We think, no, we're just, we're just trying to be self-sustaining and self-sufficient. I'm just trying to, to really be, you know, I can take care of myself. This isn't a, isn't a call to just be lazy or to give up. But what does it truly look like in your life to be dependent on God? What does it truly look like for you individually, in your marriage, in your families, in your relationships, at work? When we choose dependence, we choose freedom. John 8.32 says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is one of those hallmark scriptures that everyone's like, oh, if you just tell the truth, you'll be free. That has nothing to do with us telling the truth, although the scriptures are clear. We are to be honest and not lie. The truth he's talking about is the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So if you want freedom, you don't need to worry about independence or dependence. You need to understand that you need to rest in the truth of God's word. You need to submit yourself to the truth of what he's speaking to you and what he's saying to you and how he's, he's calling you to live. And you need to align your life by the Spirit's strength into that. See, God has set you free from sin, but not to just go on sinning some more. He's not said that, 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 that if, you just, if he sets you free, you can live however you want. He said this word abide means to remain, remain, to, to, to hold fast, to remain in me. And you know, the truth, that truth, the truth of God's word will set you free. See, here's the scary part, is that some of us right now, we're walking around with, with chains on us. They're, they're, they're chains that we're putting on ourselves. 
It's a bondage in which we're deciding to walk in as opposed to, as opposed to stand in the freedom that has already been given to us. It's almost as if the visual is this, and I love this visual. It's that we are chained like the Apostle Paul, big old metal locks around our wrists and, and maybe even around our feet, and maybe there was a tie-up around our waist and it was all tied together, and we were chained, and then we'd be locked to a wall. And in an instance, when we, when we set ourselves, submitted ourselves to the truth of God, we understood the truth of Jesus Christ and what his sacrifice has done for us, those chains are broken free. And God says, just, just walk with me. Remain with me, and you'll, you'll walk in freedom. And we start walking, and we start going. But, but as our eyes adjust to the light of leaving the, the cave that we're in, we start finding some complacency and some safety around these chains. And so we pick up some fear, and we start trying to hold these chains on us. We pick up some independence, and so we start trying to hold some, some fear on us. These, we put these chains on, and we start walking around, and we're, we're kind of holding them. And they aren't connected to anything. They aren't locked because they've already been broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. But yet, practically in our choices daily, we continue to put these chains on. So as the band comes up and we worship some more, I want to ask you this question, guys. Where are you seeking independence as God's calling you to be more dependent? Where are you lacking the trust of Him? In what areas do you continue to to put on chains chains that have been broken by the blood of Christ and that you assume isn't powerful enough to free you from it. In what areas do you do that? And my, my charge, my encouragement, my plead would be that as we sing, as we worship as a family, as we spend time today going to the, to the table for communion, whatever it may be, that God would show you the areas in which you have refused or you have walked away from the freedom he's given you. See, I think so often, so often, it seeps in in such a simple way. Just a, a, a desire for something that may be good, but is outside of what God's calling for you right now. Maybe it's the distraction of something else in life, life stage, relationship. Whatever it is, you're, you're not meant to walk in chains anymore. You were freed by the blood of Christ. And see, even as I say that, even as I say that, some of us, we've heard this so many times. Like, yeah, 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 free, 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 that's great, that's great. I got something. Can we, can we move on to something else? But as we get ready to approach the table of communion, where we, where we drink symbolically the blood of Jesus Christ, and we, we, eat, we take part in the broken body that he has done for us, it's to remember what he has done for us. What he has done has freed us from this bondage of sin and slavery that we were walking in apart from him. And he's freed us to the ability to be able to be enslaved to the most high king where we are completely dependent on him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, thank you for um, every individual in this room from the, the littlest to the biggest. Thank you for freeing us, Lord. Thank you for reminding me just this week how dependent I need to be on you, breaking me of areas where I've strived to be independent, ways in which maybe all of us in this room, whether it's in our finances, we've decided to try and be independent. We've tried to solve it on our own. In our relationships, in our marriages, in our parenting. And wherever we're trying to do this on our own, wherever we, wherever we believe the lie that we are free if we can do it without any help, God, would you break that of us? Would you break us down? And as we sing, would we not sing as, as individuals excited to just make some noise, but instead would we sing as children of you excited because we can stand without chains? Father, would you help us stand in the freedom that you've already given us? Would you help us walk 
and the freedom that continues to compel us to walk forward, God. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What would compel a God to free us? What would compel a God to free a people that have disobediently run from him? What would bring, why would he do this? Why would God free us? We, we, we get a picture, and the, the whole book is, is brilliant, and, and I can't do it justice today. But I would encourage you guys just to, to begin on, on the beginning of, of chapter 1 to the end in Galatians. Uh, but Galatians 5.1 tells us that it's for freedom Christ has set us free. There's this assertion here that comes in this, like it's for freedom he set you free. See, I think we, we believe the lie that before Christ we were free, we just happened to get a little bit more freedom. But the reality is, is apart from Christ, we aren't free to do what God has called us to do. All we are free to do is sin, as we are enslaved, like Romans tells us, to sin. And then he goes on and says, here's a command in this. He says, then stand firm, therefore, and we've been talking about this in Ephesians. He says, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The command is, is the assertion is that we, it's for freedom. Christ has, has set us free before freedom's sake. You are now free to be free, as weird as that sounds. It's almost like he used the definition of the word with the word in it, like an English faux pas, right? Like, like you're not supposed to say that. But the reason why he sets you free is for freedom. The command is that we are to stand firm in that freedom. That you and I are to stand in that. We aren't to put a yoke of slavery. That is, that is a weight of slavery back on us. And some of you, my fear, my, my, like, my sadness is that some of you, you have. You've, you've burdened yourself with a yoke of slavery to sin. You've burdened yourself with, with this world or the cares or the, the circumstances keep walling up and coming in and you're allowing the circumstances to dictate who God is and therefore you, you can't help but, but just start walking in this slavery area because you're not submitting yourselves to God. You're not submitting yourselves to God. The option is to either submit yourself to sin or submit yourself to God. And so you have this dependence on God. You have this freedom on God. He has given you freedom for freedom's sake. Now walk in it. Now stand in it. Now live in it. As we get ready to take communion, we, we, communion, again, is, is one of those things, it's the Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it, but God instituted, Jesus instituted with his disciples on the last day. And if there was ever anything well, I guess the last day before he was in, taken to the cross. If there's ever anything that actually defined for us just how dependent we are on God, it should be the table. If you think about it, really, our dependence is entirely on Christ and what he has done for us through his body and blood being spilled on the cross. You and I stand righteous only because of what he has done. You and I have hope and freedom only because of what he has done. And so when you, as, as, a, as, a, as a believer of Jesus, as someone that's submitted to him, you walk in the covenantal relationship that began way back with Abraham. When God didn't just set up a covenant with his people, instead he, he walked through on his own and said, I will, not only will I take the curse of those that have failed, but I will uphold the sinlessness and the truth of those who will never, ever, ever compete or complete the law. I will, I will do both for you. So you don't have to do any of it. All you need to do, all you are to do, all you're called to do, all you're commanded to do is submit yourself to him. And we are utterly dependent on him upholding the law for us in a perfect way and not sinning and taking on the death and penalty of sin that is deserved for those that do not uphold it. 
So when we, when we come to the table for communion, we come in complete dependence. How dare we walk back there independent? How dare we walk back there on our own strength and say, this is, well, it's, you know what? Jesus, I'm glad you did this for me because I was, it was just a matter of time. I'm a pretty darn good person, and so therefore, you know, it's, it's about time you saved me. No, we walk back there recognizing that if it were not for what Jesus had done, we are left hopeless, in bondage, completely independent, which is the worst spot we could ever be. Look, independence is not what we desire, dependence. Freedom is what we gain from that dependence. And we gain all of that by what Jesus has done for us. So as we, as we come to the communion, it says, it says Jesus' command, it says, do not forget, do not, do not forget. This is that word we get amnesia from. It's, it's remember what I've done for you. And then it's also the promise of what he's going to continue to finish in us. See, those of us that are, that are in Christ, those of us that have submitted our life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, we recognize two very, very truthful things. First off, our immense need on him. To even, to even bring us to a right relationship. And secondly, the need of him to continue to work in us because we recognize just how messed up we are, how sinful, how broken, how utterly dependent we are on him sanctifying us, making us more and more and more like Jesus Christ. And so when we take of the bread that is the symbolizing of his body being broken for us, and when we drink of the juice, which is the symbolization of his, of his blood being spilled for us, we do this remembering that we are completely dependent on him for our previous existence and for our eternal existence. We're completely, completely dependent on him across the board. It's for freedom you've been set free. One of the most beautiful and profound verses ever that I don't have time to cover, but it's 1 John 4, 18. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. This isn't some mustered up perfect love that we have to come to. This is the love that Christ has shown us that we come to the table with. We experience perfect love from Jesus Christ. And it's in that perfect love we no longer have to fear what God may or may not do to us if we're sitting outside of him. We no longer have to fear the world and what it carries and the, and the, the circumstances that come at us because we have experienced an absolutely perfect love love through Jesus Christ. And so when you take of communion, and we're, in a second we're going to give you time to do it, you guys are free to just get up and do it as a family or with your community groups or gospel communities or whatever individually during the next, next few songs. When you do it, know, know that you're doing it, being able to stand with zero fear because his perfect love is casted out. Because you sit under the relationship, the love and the covenant of perfect perfect, perfect love from Jesus Christ. I asked Danny to, to read a, a scripture out of Psalms um, that, that brings about utter dependence on God. And so he's going to read this for us and then pray for our communion, and we will continue to sing. As I read this, uh, I, I want the kids in the room to do something for me. So uh, if you're a kid in here, zero to 99, it's all good, uh, I want you to stand up and I just want you to put your hands up if you can hear me. If you're a kid, just stand up and put your arms in the air. Where are the kids? Oh, there's a couple of them. You can put one arm. It's all good. Nobody's going to judge you. Just put both arms up in the air. Now, now I want all of the adults to follow suit. So all of the adults, stand up. Put your hands up in the air. Okay? Now, kids, I want you guys to look around. Everybody's doing the same thing. Right? Kids and adults, Okay? 
Now, I'm going to read this as quickly as I can before you get tired, and then we're going to pray, okay? In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me and rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net with which I have secretly laid for myself, for you are my strength, and into your hand I commit my spirit. As for me, I trust you, O Lord. I say you are my God, and my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant, and save me in your loving kindness. Now, you can choose to keep your hands up in the air. Kids, you guys can choose to keep your hands up in the air if you'd like. Um, but let this be a symbol of dependence. Like a little child reaches up for their parents. Allow yourself to see that picture for yourself if that is something that you can do. As you look up to God, as you pray, I want you to imagine yourself reaching up to God as close as you can get. And I want you to picture what it would be like for the Lord to reach down and pick you up and to hold you. Father, you are good to us. You have given us blessings beyond measure, like children, salvation, worship, love, kindness, peace, forgiveness. All of these things were so high above us that we could never reach them on our own. But it is you who stoops down and picks us up. It is you who takes us places we could have never gone on our own. And it is you who raises us up to things like peace and forgiveness and grace and humility and love. And in you we are accepted like a little child with their parents. So Lord, I thank you that all of us in here are children of yours and that we all get to come to you like this, dependent, ready for you to raise us up in any way you see fit. We trust you, Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.